Here's Wiley's kick. It's high. It holds up there. Rodgers takes the ball at the 30. He's hit and got away. Back up field to the 35, to the 40. He's to the 45. He's to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, to the 20, to the 10. He's all the way home. Holy moly. Man, woman, and child did that. Put him in the aisles. Johnny the Jet Rodgers. Alright, welcome back everybody. Welcome I'm Matt. Matt. I'm Jimmy. We are Two Average Guys. Good to have you back here today. Uh, very excited to talk about the Huskers' loss, um, unfortunately, to Oklahoma. Although, it was a loss. Um, you know, I think we have a lot of good takeaways from this game. So, Jimmy, what was your overall impression of the game? Well, for starters, um, the outcome was much closer much better than I was anticipating um which is a, a huge positive yeah going on the road to the number three team now are they the number three team I don't know but still at this point in time they are the number three team and we showed up uh, especially on defense defense was fantastic kept us in the game um Adrian Martinez had maybe his best game that I can remember him having overall Yes, he didn't have any 75-yard touchdown runs or anything like that, but uh, managed the game really well, um, threw a lot of good passes. Yeah. Um, you know, he took a couple sacks or quite a few quarterback hurries because, you know, one of our weakness offensive line was not helping him out much in that aspect. But um, overall, it was, felt good after the game, but at the same time, it was still another heartbreaker. Because we had a chance. Yeah. And a couple of miscues, bad offensive line play, special teams again, come back to bite us. So, yeah, no, I, I think, and Ross, uh, Nathan says, you know, Frost had a good game plan. I'd agree with that. And Ross I asked, so. who called the offense, Frost or Lubick? You know, I don't know. It's tough. I don't know. Um, you know, there's been games where Frost said, yeah, it was me calling plays. And, um, you know, I think we brought Lubick in to be that offensive. Uh, coordinator and, and help with our wide receivers and so I don't I don't really know if he's not calling the offense then why is he there unless he is just helping the wide receivers as a wide receivers coach but um, I bet Frost had a lot to do with that game plan um, so. we saw some option plays um, I think he called a smart game plan if he's the one who called whoever called the game plan it was a, it was a team effort whatever the game plan was solid um, we came in there we had some long deep passes that can and more than one i think we had what three or four really deep passes into coverage where our receivers beat them uh bets that was one of the best throws adrian's probably had in his career vocal yep. awesome um the touchdown to omar manning was awesome absolutely we got two rosses on the show welcome both um yeah i think you know overall uh martinez played a great game um adrian was fantastic defense was absolutely fantastic um you talk about oklahoma they talk about the the air raid offense they talk about how, just five, how good they five, are five play touchdown drives yep. long plays you know that first uh it felt good off the bat i know they scored a touchdown on their first drive but it was a seven minute yep. drive it's like 15 plays uh we made them earn it and i was like man if that's how we're able to play this game and we get a couple of stops because they yep. got a third and 11 they got a third and seven we're and they didn't have too many big plays on that yep. drive like man if we can limit them to that and get some stops we might be able to hang around in this game and we did i think we made it we made it into a big 10 game 
Yeah. In Big Twelve, you see a lot. You see a lot that. of fast scores. You see a lot of uh, plays that go for long distance and really short drives. And man, and we started what the second half, and we had the ball for six minutes, I think, mm-hmm. or almost six minutes to start the second half. So I think and then that we come away with no points, but but I think it's we made it our game. We made them play big 10 football instead of playing big 12 football and that was something that they struggled with they struggled with their offensive line they struggled with their defensive scheme chenander for how much crap he has taken over the last four years first year he's he's, really turned it around how can you not say he is the most improved coach on this team 100 percent. from from deep from coaching from the defensive line to the linebackers to the corners, to the safeties, the entire defense is absolutely stellar. And not to just mention the entire defense, look at the guys that came in as backups. Cam Taylor got hurt. Uh, we had um, uh, Tanner Farmer. T- no, we had uh, Clark come in. Braxton Clark. Uh, Braxton Clark came and he should have had an interception, man. Yeah, Farmer, Farmer played a little bit as well. Quentin Newsom was had an on. Awesome game. Quentin Newsom was on their best player, number eleven for Oklahoma, and he played by far, by far played. Uh, probably better than you'll see any Big 12 corner play on number 11. Now, yeah, number 11 well, was a beast. Yeah, he was good. He was really good. And Newsom played fantastic. The it's it's kind of funny because, you know, if this game would have happened maybe year one or year two under Frost, I feel like he probably would have played more of a Big 12 game. Yeah. Because that's kind of how that they played at UCF in the, in the American Athletic Conference. That's kind of how they played. It's funny that something's changed to where – they did. They made it into a Big Ten game. And that kind of gives me a little bit of hope that, yeah. you know, we might actually be able to beat some of these Big Ten teams that just oh, two weeks ago we weren't sure that we were going to be able to, to hang with. Yeah. So, and you go back You go back to week one, and, and we've said it more than once, the Illinois game, that's a killer. It is a killer because Illinois has lost killer. every game since. And they're not good. They are not good. That football game on, what, Thursday night or Friday Maryland. night, I mean, that was awful. Yeah. That was, both teams were awful. Um so that, that still just stings that we lost to them. But we, we still have to just move forward and, and improve every game. And, and we do. And like Jonathan said, you know, defense has shown steady progress every year. And I'd say maybe not even steady progress. I think from year two to year three, we jumped big time. But year three to this year, I mean, absolutely. I see just a huge difference in the confidence on the defense. A lot of it has to do with age and experience. Right. But we're getting guys in there like uh, Nick Heinrich. We're getting he's guys all, in there like Quentin awesome. Newsom and Braxton Clark and Farmer. When he's not year. getting held. Yeah, and we're seeing guys get in there that are making a difference now year one rather than it's taking them two, three years to make a difference on the field. And that's to me, that's exciting as a Blackshirt defense. A lot of people were pissed about the Blackshirts being handed out before the season again. I get it. But look at the guys who got their Blackshirts. Look how they're playing. Yeah. They're playing it's, They're playing like Blackshirts. You know, we – we typically know, or at least myself, I know you're the same way. Typically know like majority of the players on the team, you know by name. I can name every single player on the defense, mm-hmm. and it's probably the first year I can say that, like that I know, and I, I could give you their jersey number. I could tell you, you know, and shoot, even the other day, um, my wife is like, we were talking about something, and I was like, can you name five Husker players? And she named five Husker <laughs> players, and four of them were from defense. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So. Um, so since, since we're, on, we're on the subject of defense, we're going to switch over to offense. we got some comments, some questions about the offense. So um, offensive line is a joke, says Ross. Um, big isn't always better. They look lost. Um, at, at times they do. I think and our offensive line is our big weakness on the offense. And is it coaching? You know, is it a is combination it of coaching, youth? Um, I mean, Turner Corcoran is one of the top five offensive linemen recruits 
or something like that in the country yeah. coming out of high school out of you know Lawrence in Kansas and we got him and I'm not saying that he hasn't been that he hasn't been good um, it's just kind of as a collective whole the yeah. offensive line just hasn't been great yeah I mean we're, we're letting guys fly free we're not picking up blitzes uh, if we have a running back in the running backs not always picking up the blitz but I see multiple times yesterday where Adrian's getting charged at and you have two offensive linemen blocking the same guy while the other guy comes right. free. And there was a couple of videos going around on Twitter of some plays like yeah. that. Well, and, and Ethan Piper got busted up on that special teams block kick. I mean, yeah, he just he got did. shoved did. down. I mean, you can blame. And he's he, actually been pretty good for the last couple of years. So I don't yeah. know what's going on. And you can't blame the kicker on that. I mean, he may have kicked it a little low, well, but I the mean, guy was right in his face that, anyway. That's another topic because I mean, I understand Culp was has been well, pretty yeah, bad, but we'll get there. Do, do we really <laughs> need to bring in a backup kicker for an extra point? I mean, maybe we do. I mean, maybe I, we do. Again, and Ethan, Ethan Piper got was, blown up, so yeah, so that's it wasn't why that really happened. His fault. Um, so I, I think. I think our offense, the weak point, is definitely offensive line, 100%. Um, they looked great at times yesterday, and then they didn't look great. Uh, and when they didn't look great, that's when you see Martinez. Martinez is the most athletic quarterback, one of the top athletic quarterbacks in the country, and definitely the most athletic in the Big Ten. You can fight me on that. I will throw fists with you yeah. over and over again. He's leading the Big Ten in, in uh, passing this year as far as yards per play. He's the be- I think he's the best in the Big Ten. And you can say Stroud is better. No, he's not. You can say that this guy's better. No, he's not. Sean Clifford is not better. Adrian Martinez is the guy that has to scramble every damn play because our offensive line is not blocking for him on the passing. And he gets away and scrambles for how many yards or throws a pass. It's incredible. The last three weeks, you know, you're you're playing Illinois. You're you're playing Fordham and and you're playing Buffalo. Um, And that's why Martinez, I feel like, was able to have some long runs. That's not really going to happen against a a team like Oklahoma. I know that their defense – isn't always their strong suit, but they have it is now athletes. It's it's their strong they, they, it's their strong have, suit now. They have athletes that are not going to allow a seventy-five yard yeah quarterback scramble. So um, that's obviously why we didn't see too many of those yesterday. And you know, a couple times, you know, he he did reach out for the first down, which they didn't call, and they reviewed it, and rightfully so, they got the right call. But he was protecting himself a little bit. There was a time where he he gave up a few yards just to kind of tuck it and go out of bounds and and that's fine i'm totally fine with that yeah no i think you know scott frost amber says leave him alone uh (laughs) he can call the plays but we got to be able to execute and yes it's both it it is a lot of this has been a big argument on social media too is the play calling and the execution what's is it the coaching is the execution it's both i mean if you've ever played any sport you can be told over and over again you can practice over and over again if you don't go down and execute what you've been doing in practice then that's that's on the player and then people are like, well, why aren't they being taken out of the game? Well, it's the same argument of why don't you have Manning and Betts on the field all the time? If, they're yeah. the, if they give you the best chance to win the game, well, that's why, that's why these offensive linemen aren't taken out if they make a mistake because they probably give us the best chance to win right. the game would be my guess. Well, and it has been interesting, too. I, I know I said I texted you something during the game. Just um, kind of the way we, that we use the running backs. I mean, obviously – I haven't heard any anything about Gabe Bourbon, but that was pretty gruesome. Ugh, yeah. He went down. He may be out for for a while, but uh, which is too bad because you know true freshman. He's getting going, getting his first couple touchdowns last week. Yep. But anyway, you know we we come out the gate with Ramir Johnson, and it's like you know I, I can understand that I guess from uh, you know a coaching standpoint of they've been watching film on Irvin, yeah. they've been watching them film on Morrison, maybe even Step. 
and he come out with Ramirez, and he was running hard. Yeah, and he was getting a little bit more daylight than some of those backs. Have he was, done he was running weeks. guys over, and yeah. Um, Dan Dan here like, says, "Oh, sorry." No, you're um, fine. Dan says, "You know, it's it's Frost's job to put us in the best position to win the game, and at times his play calling doesn't do that." Um, and he's continually outcoached. He's been outcoached quite a bit. He, I, I would agree yeah. with that. I think yesterday he outcoached Lincoln Riley. Um, again, it was special teams and the extra point is really why we lost that game. That's yeah. that's why we I lost. Mean, and you can say offensive line, throw them in there too. If we get better blocking, we have better we have better runs and better pass protection where Adrian's able to go through his progression. When he was able to go through his first, second, third look, he was able to hit passes. But yeah. if he only can get to his first look before getting hit – no quarterback can no right. quarterback can do what Adrian's doing while having to rush out of the pocket. And someone mentioned that that's when he's at his best is when he's running out of the pocket. And unfortunately, yes, you're right, but we don't want him to scramble all the time. That's not what he, he shouldn't be running for his life every play. No. Well, and you said you think that Frost potentially outcoached Lincoln Riley. And I mean, take a, if you really take a look at it, I mean, Spencer Rattler is supposed to be a Heisman candidate. Yeah. Their top three team in the country playing at home against a big underdog. Yep. And he didn't perform. He he really didn't. He had a couple. I mean, he had a couple of quarterback keepers. Uh, they got first downs in, in kind of big spots, but yep. that was really about it. Aside from you know that first drive, he was like six of six, seven of seven, whatever, for like seventy yards, and then he didn't really have much after that. Yep. I mean, here and there, but really, either our defense is really really good, which I think they are really good, yep. you know, or. Maybe Oklahoma really isn't that great. I, I'd like to think that we're just our defense just is that good. Could be a combination and, of both. And we I mean, just rattled yeah. Rattler. If you will. <laughs> Rattle Rattler, yeah. Um, Listen, in yeah, go ahead. No, you're Sorry. fine. I was just gonna say. I mean, the the guy's kind of a baller, and we yeah. we kept him in check. Yeah, it was I mean, awesome. he's he's generally a guy that can throw the ball downfield. They have right receivers that can go downfield. We we stopped them from doing their deep threat yesterday. We kept them in short yardage. They did a good job of distributing the ball short as well, and their run game is usually pretty stout. And, and it was decent. And their running game wasn't bad. They still averaged, I think, five yards a carry. But, again, our defense was doing good enough on the back end, and throughout the entire game our defense was great to win that game. And their defense played well enough, too, to help them win that game. It came down to special teams. It came down to special teams. That uh, that linebacker, number 11, that they had, that yeah. was spying Adrian, yep. he was a stud. Well, and they didn't start spying him right away because he stopped being able to get out of the pocket right. and run the ball because he was being spied more often throughout the game. So their defensive game plan was, again, just like Illinois, stop Adrian. Mm. And every, every team's going to be that way. You have to stop Adrian because he's the guy that's going to make plays happen on the offense. And we talked about it uh, right. last week, the week before. He has to take over every game. He, and he did he has to be, And he did yesterday. He's going to have to do it down the road unless we see extreme improvement from the offensive line. I mean, I know we only scored 16 points, and we had some missed field goals and obviously the missed extra point taken for two. But um, only giving up 23 points. What yeah. would they say? That was 68-game streak? For- 63. I've seen 63, 65, 68. It's been, it's been five years. Yeah, it's been since 2017. It's been at least 60 games. Let's say that. 2016. Didn't score. Against Ohio State, I think. Or was it 2015? No, I think 2015 or 16, they scored 24, I think. Either way, it's it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah. No, that was great. Uh, And and if you pay attention to Oklahoma at all over the past years, when they've been good again, um, they're they're putting up points. And they put up points fast. And we just showed them a different defense that they don't see in the Big 12. And that was the difference – in that game and through the and they've and even Lincoln Riley said it threw them off. 
their defense was that good. Multiple guys are calling out our defense saying how good they were yesterday to slow down the offense of, um, of OU. Well, it's That's funny. what we had to do. Because all the, I don't know if you I don't think you watch Big Noon Kickoff, but yeah. you know they got Brady, Quinn, and and Bush and Leinert and uh, Bob Stoops. And Bob Stoops puts on his beat Nebraska hat, whatever. Yeah, it was all fun and games, whatever. But he was the first one that was like, I think this game is going to be closer than people think. And then they all pick Oklahoma by seventeen, yeah, Oklahoma yeah, by yeah. twenty four, whatever. Um, but I mean, if you thought about it at that point, I think I even said something to you. I mean, seventeen with like. A late touchdown is a lot closer of a game than people would think. Yeah, and it was—I mean, it wasn't even like that. It was a seven-point game. Yeah, and we had the ball, and that was tough too because we had the ball, and obviously we had a minute and no timeouts. <laughs> but you can't take a sack, and they brought the house twice. So here's the thing: yes, you can't take a sack. I agree with that. And as a, a veteran QB, you know to throw the ball away. But he also wasn't outside the tackle box, and he didn't have time. And he didn't have anybody in the area. He was trying to go deep. And so at that point, it's a tough decision. What do I do here? He didn't have time to throw the ball. So, again, our offensive line, they brought the blitz. They brought multiple guys. They did what they had to do to stop us on that last drive. And, again, a minute left. It would have been great to go down and score a touchdown. Or, you know, it just didn't happen. But we had a chance. And and it's happened more than once where we've had a chance to go. We've had the ball last drive of the game where we just haven't gotten it done. And I think I think we showed a lot yesterday. And – there's two different there's two different types of people. There are the actual they are the actual Husker fans who are like us. We're trying to be more realistic rather than just 100% optimistic all the time now. But yesterday I told a buddy of mine I'm like I have hope. I wouldn't say optimistic. I had hope for yesterday because I feel like the talent is there. Right. And we didn't have anything to lose. I mean, the guys can come out yeah, you know, and play relaxed, and I think they did. Yep. And you know, especially like we said with this whole defense thing. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of when we lost to Texas in the Big Twelve Championship yep. back in '09. How good was the defense then? And it was just like, man, how can you not on the offensive side see how? Like, how does that not pump you up so much yep. that you just go out and blow somebody up? Yep. And that's what I kind of hope we see moving forward. That offensive line, we've talked about it every single week we've done the show. They have to get better. Yep. Um, so Ryan from, I think it was last week or maybe the week before, said he has faith now. So uh, he's got faith now and that we're going to win more games. And, again, I think yesterday was a true testament to – some of those improvements we made again adrian threw quite a few deep passes where he just connected on the dot i mean those were fantastic passes he didn't have really a horrible pass majority of the game that that interception was a fourth and 18 because we couldn't kick the ball and that worked like a punt and yeah it just shows you how kids are nowadays that everybody's looking for clout you got to have a one-handed interception (laughs) and cost your team 23 yards and and literally almost I mean, gave the ball back to Nebraska because they were pinned so deep they couldn't do anything. Yep. Hey, they had the ball it was the catch seconds. of the year. It was a cool According catch. According to I'm every that it media outlet, the catch of the it, year. It was pretty funny because, and I've talked about it, but you turn on the Penn State-Auburn game last night, and they're showing some highlights of the big games of the day. And that's the only play they showed from that Nebraska. They, they showed. Game. They showed. Are the, you the, absolutely kidding me? They showed their second touchdown. They showed the block punt or the blocked uh, special teams kick, and then they showed the the interception. That's it. 
They didn't show the great stuff. Again, it's I get it. We're not winning games. We're not a huge – no one cares about Nebraska right now because we're not winning games. So they're not going to show us because we're not on the national stage. It is what it is. But, um, yeah, a couple dimes dropped. The number one interception of the year, by the way. Yeah, Ryan, and guess what? It was a great interception. It really was. But, again, you lost them cool 23 catch. yards. But it didn't, you know, you could have – and even Lincoln Riley's like, yeah, I wish he would have knocked it down rather than well, catching the ball. Lincoln but. Riley said he was thinking about challenging it. Yeah. To make sure that it was a <laughs> catch. Sure he and he it. said, I would have been the first coach yeah. ever to challenge an interception. Yeah. And it would have made sense if he did because they yeah. could have got the ball at the 25. Yeah, and I saw Ross mention that word is Urban uh, has dislocated knee out for the season. Again, that looked pretty nasty. Oh, it it made me think of um, That's a bummer. the Minnesota running back, what's his, uh, Ibrahim, when he mm-hmm. uh, definitely popped his Achilles. Man, so, that's a bummer. Um, I mean, I know we got plenty of other backs, but I was – Really liking Urban, and yeah. it would have been nice to have a kid. But play but for you four mentioned that... you mentioned Ramir. Ramir did great. Yeah, he did. Um, uh, I thought that Sevion was out there more than he was, but he only had one carry, and his one carry I thought was good. But again, I, we have to establish. A, I'd like to see one guy out there being the guy and have a I two. Do. We talked about it with Adam Carricker. Like, let's have a one and a two punch. Not rotate five guys in. We didn't see Marvin Scott. I don't even think he traveled with the team. Marquis Step, if he was there, he didn't even step on the field. Is he injured? I, I don't know. know. Frost says he's not talking about injuries. So if Step is injured, maybe that's why he didn't play. But again, there's just he didn't step on foot on the field. I have to yeah. assume he's injured. I I don't know. Um, it was it was good to see you know both Vokalek who hadn't played yet this year mm-hmm. and Austin Allen back. back I did on the not field, expect yep. Austin Allen to be back. Um, and he had a couple catches, couple third he got, downs. He got hit really he, hard in the he, middle of the field. He, he got <laughs> man. I mean, six nine. He's just a big guy. He's just. I feel like he's always gonna kind of be a little nicked up because there's just so much to him that yep. you, you lay a hit on the guy and i mean something's gonna get hurt just because he's such a big body going down but um there was one pass adrian had to him in the end zone and it's just, just went about. a little bit over but but he put it where he needed to i mean in his hands was where he needed it to be but yeah he just put it a little bit higher than that but if he would have gone any lower than that it probably would have been intercepted or Maybe. at least knocked away so i mean gosh it, it was close Probably obviously a little bit over overthrown, but better that than the alternative. Yeah. But and, what were you going to say about it? And it's so funny. I was just going to comment the exact same thing. My dad and I are watching the game, and as Martinez threw that pass, I'm getting hopeful that Allen's going to catch it. Goes just a little bit. He might have even tipped a little bit. And then we looked at each other, and we're like, "That's he put it in the best spot possible to give his receiver a chance. Right. It was a little high. But, again, that is, I think, how you – if you want to evaluate Martinez, evaluate a throw like that to where he's not putting it in the hands of the defenders. And he's putting that, it to where his tight end and, can catch And take it. that back three years ago and, you know, where's that ball? Even two, even last year or two years even, ago, it, he didn't right, have the confidence right. he had his freshman year. So, I think I think you're now, seeing – he's a smart kid. No, let's, let's talk about him for a second here. Are they technically calling him a junior? Because he still, he still has one more year. Yeah. Come back next year? Yeah. What do you think about that? I would, you know, honestly, I'd, lo- I'd love to see him. I think if if he's back, know, if he's back two with, weeks ago, people would have said no. But if he's back with an improved offensive line, hell yeah, come on back. But I also yeah. think if he doesn't, I get it. And you still got Smothers and Harburg behind him. I still think we got to look at potentially a transfer QB to bring in with some experience. Right, we, yeah, we've talked. About um, that. That's the only reason why Martinez leaving is going to hurt because we have two quarterbacks with no experience that are going to be playing now, which that's- every team goes through. You get a freshman quarterback or a sophomore quarterback starting that doesn't have that experience. But who knows? I, I think, and Ryan said too, he, he handled the game really well. He handled it perfect. He played a fantastic and that's why, game. Like you're saying, 
you know, if we can if he can come back next year with an ex- yeah. a bit more of an experienced offensive line, much improved, hopefully, then I think that could be pretty good. We'll see over the next nine games. Yeah. Um, or eight games, I guess. Um, Big Ten play. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> if if my mind changes, but yeah, Jonathan said that he thought he saw Step with a knee brace on the sideline again. I. I'd be surprised if he was there and didn't step foot on the field. That, I'd, again, well, I, that's the only thing I could think of was that. He does, uh, yeah, because he why, had an injury in the spring. You, I mean, why do you have – and he did, you're right. I mean, why do you travel – why do you take that guy with if he's not going to be able to play unless you're just hopeful yeah. that he could and yep. then he goes through warm-ups and then decides – yeah. maybe that's it. Could be. Um, Ross Wheeler says that he gets a feeling that the Huskers play to their competition. I think a lot of teams do that. Um, I I saw a lot of people saying, "Well, Oklahoma just played down," and it's like maybe did they play down to Tulsa? Because you barely beat Tulane. or Tulane? Because you barely beat Tulane. Sorry, Tulsa's just been really good this year. So we're almost beating Notre Dame and then almost beating uh, Ohio State. So well, it was Toledo that almost beat. Oh, Toledo! Uh, Damn, I'm getting my T's mixed up. Tulane, Toledo, <laughs> Tulsa. Tulsa. Those teams Tulsa, are balling. They played. They, Play Ohio State yesterday. Yeah, and they played them pretty tight. And they played them pretty tight. I mean, the, the score shows different because they had a couple late TDs, but uh, I get pick did. six and then a late TD. But, um, but really, I think, I think all teams kind of do that. Not, not maybe not on purpose. I think you have to, you prepare for teams differently, and you prepare for their strengths and their weaknesses. So sometimes you're not able to play to your strengths because of their strengths so maybe you're a really good running team but they have a really stout defensive line and so you're better off throwing the ball more because their corners are a little weaker or their linebackers are weaker so you're going to do more tight ends or crossing routes or you're going to run maybe run a more of an option or run the outside the tackle type offense so i think it's pretty common in college football that you see more and more nowadays because there's so much competition there's so many good college football players even buffalo again Buffalo, Coastal Carolina They're is in the top 20. They're ranked 16th. Yeah, and they barely beat Buffalo. Buffalo threw 50 passes against us. The week, before, the week before, they threw 19. They threw 20 against Coastal Carolina. And 20. So they had to throw the ball 50 times. So you have to change your game plan to who you're playing. And, again, I think Scott Frost did that coming into this game. The game plan was a very solid game plan. The yeah, execution it, by it, our it, offensive it, line and special teams is what I, hurt us. I will say – I. I felt different during the game yesterday than I have the rest of the season. I mean, we watched that Illinois game together, and it was just like every other play, it was just like, mm-hmm. oh, whether we are on offense or defense, I was like, oh. And then the Fordham game early on, it was yeah, frustrating. Early, yeah. And then Buffalo, obviously, with just so many miscues and leaving 30 points yep. you know, off the board. I didn't really feel that way yesterday. I know like, I got – a little frustrated on some of the third and long yeah. conversions that Oklahoma got, but for the most part, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't have that same like frustrated feeling. Yeah, it was more like, man, we're we're hanging around, we're hanging around, we got a shot, it, and that's what I'm hoping. I feel for the rest of the season, yeah. <laughs> instead of just frustration and disappointment, I I want to feel like positive. Yeah, no, I agree, um, and I think that that's what that game. And it's, I think Ro, one of the Rosses said earlier, if if you don't see the improvement from the team, I did see that at the, at that point yesterday in the game. If you don't then see you the improvements we've made, then then you're blind. You are on or not paying attention, and that's why I was saying earlier about social media. You have the people that are like they're just never happy. 
Mm-hmm. We we win a game. Oh, it was just Fordham. It was just Buffalo. And then we lose a game by seven to the number three team in the country on the road. No, oh, we you know we suck. Fire Frost. And they're just and they're like, oh, Oklahoma just didn't play a good game. Like, oh, Martinez you, was terrible. You how could you possibly say that? You can't make Husker fans, all of Husker fans, happy. Majority well, of and we've talked about it before. We lose a game. We have seven, almost seven thousand views on our show, and we lose a game. We win a game, and we have a thousand, maybe two thousand at most. Yeah. So, people are happier to bitch about losing, I guess, than happier to talk about a winning team. And so, well, I don't, and I don't I get do, it. And I didn't look much around on social media a little bit, but not much. Yep. Most of it was pretty positive, especially like national media wise. People were saying like. You know, uh, Nebraska really, really played well. They, they uh, showed up a lot better than expected. What you know, whatever. For twenty-two point underdog. Then there's people that are also, like you said, just so negative. And then some of them are obviously just trolls. Just yeah. Like Iowa fans or, <laughs> or you know, Colorado fans or somebody. What's funny is or, Iowa fans have actually been, from what I've seen on Twitter, for the most part, they take like slight jabs, but they've been pretty kind lately. I think because well, they beat us six times in a row, they're starting to feel and bad. And they, they also are ranked in the top five, yeah. and they, you know, they don't want to yeah. have it flipped reversed on them, you know, if they lose a couple games. Yeah. So, but I, it's it's also, like, it seems like there's people that just go on to, like, every site and just want to, just yeah, literally want to stir the pot, and they yeah. don't have a dog in the fight, and they just want to say, yeah. you know, and especially against Nebraska fans, because everybody knows how... Die we're hard. We're cynical. Are. But they're cynical. We and have a lot of cynical 100%. fans. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I try not, I try to stay away from it because it just yeah. makes so, my blood boil. Someone asked about Martinez. If he stays, does Smothers or Harbor do they transfer? I would say Hunter Harbor or Heinrich Heinrich Harburg would not because he he's gonna I would I would say Smothers, Smothers would not. I don't think he would either. He's technically still a freshman. Yeah, because of COVID, so yeah. he still he could still be starting for three years. For three years, so I think he's in a good spot. For, well, for two years, I guess. Yeah, but either way, like uh, two or three years. So I think I think they both stay, but I also just kind of think it depends. It depends if Martinez comes back. It depends on the outlook. Like, hey, how good are we? And am I am I going to get some playing time? in these games? And it's going to be a hard decision, I think, as well, because if Martinez leaves it's smothers team i still think maybe we look for a transfer well per transfer qb but it's got to be smothers team yeah it's uh no it's gonna be real interesting because um i mean if you're martinez you're you're not gonna get drafted you're you're not gonna sign a free agent deal at this point unless you have a free rest of the season yeah and even then it's a stretch um so why wouldn't you yeah especially with nil um, and this is, you know, he's been the guy here. He'd be the guy here for more years than anyone ever. Yeah. No, you know abso- what I mean? abso- absolutely. Especially in Nebraska. Absolutely. So, I don't know. Um, some other comments. Ryan says, the team shows up the rest of the year this way, then college football world better look out. I think, again, if we continue to show what we did yesterday – Michigan State's going to be a tough game. Michigan State's been playing good so far. Their lines are pretty stout. They're going to be ranked. I, well, I, I, the rankings are probably oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, if yeah, they, they've had a good start. To, they've had a good start to the year, so they're going to be a tough team. Northwestern is garbage. We, should, my God, we better it's absolutely destroy Northwestern. That's always a tough game. Shut up. We better destroy them. It's always <laughs> um, a tough couple comments about Clat and uh, Bob Stoops here. So Joe Clat just loves Nebraska. He again, he he's. Will. He's telling Husker fans to be patient because of what he saw on the field yesterday. And he even said, if you didn't see the improvement, then you're not paying attention. And he said, we lost the game because of two missed field goals and a, teams. and a missed extra point taken for two. That was, a four point, that was a four-point touchdown. Yeah. It was, it was. I mean, and you lose the game by seven points. Yeah. I mean that's just really hard to swallow. Well, we we left we left eight points out there and or seven points out there, and they gained two. So that's a we're up by two at that point, essentially, and I mean, that that's the potentially the difference in the game. So, um, yeah, I think we did earn some respect, Ross. Um, again, maybe not as much as we probably should have because all the talk is uh, again we're looking at ESPN, so they're going to choke yeah. on OU. But all they're saying is, oh, like they they had a tough one and they squeaked it out. Like that's as much as you're going to get out of the national media. But anybody paying attention knows that we should we earn some respect. Our black shirts are fantastic. Um, discipline in special teams absolutely need to clean it up. We had what four or five penalties on uh, on the drive where we got our first the field first goal, drive of the game um, where we got three points on a fifty one yard field goal. We had two false starts before we even ran a play. Yeah, and so and, and then, then we, we still got in field goal position. And then we had a personal foul. Mm-hmm. Um, another false start. Another false start. Um, so yeah, now. I don't know if you saw it. There was somebody else I talked to that said the same thing you did. That that oh that that uh, first call on Jurgens was BS. Now they didn't show the whole clip, but when they showed a replay of it, he he kind of just hit the guy late or blocked him, and then looked like he kind of pancaked jumped, him, <laughs> jumped on top of him, which yeah. the play was already away. Yeah. Didn't really need to do that at that point. However, that second one that they called, he's thirty yards downfield. He doesn't know the play's not over. He's just pushing his guy, pushing his guy, and pushes his guy As down. soon as you heard the whistle. And they call a personal foul on him, yet their guys are holding our players the entire game. Not one holding yeah. call. Follow, follow uh, Kenny Cheatham on, uh, yeah, that's exactly. on Twitter. And I've seen a couple other people post some replays. Cam Jurgens. He was a, our offensive line. They were beasts yesterday. He even commented a couple times by the the guys commenting on the game is that they were playing nasty. They were they were they had a chip on their shoulder, and you could tell Some it's like they DBs it's like they felt terrible. the rivalry. Like these kids were born you know nothing about it. They don't even know what nine eleven is really, but. Like they were two. Some of the well, some, some of them are guys, two or three. Some of those guys are twenty five, but um, twenty two to twenty five, four or five, whatever. Some of those guys, some of those players were not even alive when crouched through the touchdown or caught the touchdown against yeah. Oklahoma in 01. Yep. So, so I think uh, again, it was this, cool though to see the Cam Jurgens second one was definitely BS. The first one, if he jumped on him, absolutely that you go ahead and call that. But you have to stay consistent. I showed you a clip of um, three officials standing in the end zone. Where there's two Oklahoma guys grabbing Caleb Tanner, holding him. Yep. And then then they toss him. They, they push th- him they, after they the well throw, after the they whistle. Throw him down at the end of the play. I mean, and, not, and then and then you got um, uh, Nick Heinrich in the middle yep. on a run play. He's away from the play, trying to run towards the play, and the guy is holding him across his chest. And then after the whistle, throws him to the ground. And again, I told I told Jimmy, the refs. People say the refs aren't out to get us. Well, they sure as hell ain't helping us. They sure as hell aren't calling plays for us when we deserve to get the call because it's actually a penalty. Um, Garrett Nelson, 
Man, I he is the definition of a current black shirt that I absolutely yes. love. He is the guy he's that fi- he's finally figured it out. I liked him off the hop because yep. I liked his just you know run to the ball attitude. He kind of I don't know. Coaching must have gotten his head a little bit. He was kind of he started thinking. He too started much. thinking too much and breaking <laughs> yeah. down and not really just going. He's going again, and he's getting. He and got held. And he, he got, got held, held a bunch. almost every play yesterday when he was rushing the quarterback. And not not a single call. And I someone posted earlier today in four games, we have one call for a holding on our linebackers or defensive line rushing the quarterback. One well, hold it's in favor of Nebraska. That was the know, same story I, over the last four I, years. I watched I watched the game the last two weeks with somebody that it doesn't really care too much, but he's like, I want that sack, baby. I want that Big Mac sack. <laughs> yeah. And Nebraska didn't get a sack in the last two games. You can't tell me that a quarterback doesn't throw the ball fifty times in a game. And we can't get to, or, you know. There's not a single there's hold. There's not a single hold. Yeah. I mean. And, on, and anybody, I know there's people on here that, between here and Twitter and all these other people that, that watch, they watch the games. They re-watch the games. I rewatch the games. <laughs> throughout the week, and they analyze the game. I guarantee you there's at least five or six holdings, clear holdings on Oklahoma's offensive line that were not called. Very clear. There's some other ones I guarantee there's at least ten, but five or six that are very clear that the refs did not call. And that, to me, that's the most frustrating part. If you're going to call the game, call it consistently. If you're going to call Cam Juergens for finishing a play and pushing a guy and the guy throwing his hands up in the air, falling backwards, as he's getting pushed backwards, yeah, his momentum is going to take him down to the ground. If you're going to call that, call it consistently throughout the game or guess what it's not a penalty yeah don't call it it's not a penalty at all so don't call it but we have big 10 officiating and they suck was that big 10 officiating or was that big 12 big 10 but you know what i'm also seeing jimmy it's not and it's not just nebraska football that gets screwed there across the country refs have been awful well Um, and just not good it i don't know if there's so many different rule changes every year or what but it does seem like in almost every game I watch, there's a, a call that you're like, really? Or yeah. you're like, man, is that, a, is that a new rule? Or is that, like, am I, what am I yeah. missing here? Yeah. And even, like, when they go to review sometimes, and I'm like, oh, there's no way that that that's not going to yeah. get overturned. And they say call stands. It's like, how? Yeah. And there, there's, too many, there's too many calls that are subjective, like targeting. Yes. Um, I was showing you before the game, the Penn State – uh, the Penn State game. Um, I'm wondering which call you're talking about, Ross. Did Penn State. Oh, the punt on third down. The refs, yeah, F them. Yeah, go. I, I watched the entire game. That game, there was calls that went Auburn's way. Penn State, that was a great game, by the way. If anyone didn't get to watch it, go I didn't watch, watch all it. Of it, but it was a, it was a great game. Great game for the night. The whiteout, it was fantastic. Oh, the whiteout. If, if you're somebody awesome. that, you know, I'm not going to share my views on COVID, but my God, there was a lot of people there. Um, and, but, and Penn State had somebody commit, and that's how you was, do it. It was you, a huge crowd. You a night game, you game. do a whiteout, and that's how you get players to commit. And when was the last time we had a uh, an SEC team come above the Mason Dixie line? Oh, to come and like, play Mason Dixie line to come and play a Big Ten team. Like I think they said, no, it hadn't. Auburn hadn't done that in like twenty years. Yeah, and it was. And I would love to see more of that because. The SEC, they're scared to come and play the Big well, Ten. It's funny, but like, they're the best conference. And what's funny is those games are always awesome. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, it, it shouldn't be necessarily up to them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how how they can figure this out, but 
Let's get those games like every week yeah. for the first three or four weeks oh, of the season. God, like that was just that was a fun game to yeah. watch. And and you talk about officiating. There's one play. There's one play where uh, Bo Nix was run. It was late in the game. Bo Nix is running towards the sideline, and the guy starts to slow down. He has his hand on his shoulder. He didn't extend and push Bo Nix, but as they were outside, Bo Nix must have felt his hand or something, and Bo Nix just fell to the ground. Foop, fifteen yard penalty, and the guy's like, "I didn't push him. Like I didn't. Even, I barely touched him." And Bo Nix just fell to the ground, and boom, fifteen yard penalty. Again, it's and well, like Ryan you- said, the officiating across the league has been. Abysmal to say the same. Well, and you said, uh, or you showed me that video because I, like I said, I didn't watch the whole game. Um, But the guy stops the touchdown, but the guy's like on the ground going in and he hits him and they call it targeting. And he led with his shoulder. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to let him score? And according, uh, apparently, according to the rule, as soon as the guy starts to go to the ground, at that point, he's defenseless. As he's going to the ground, doesn't matter if he knows the hit's coming. Doesn't matter if he can brace himself for the hit. Doesn't matter if he's looking at the guy coming to hit him. What if the guy's already as he's going to the ground? What if the guy's already going to hit him? Doesn't matter if he's going to the ground. He's immediately defenseless, and that's again, it's all subjective though, because you can call a targeting on the field or not. But they can also blow it. They can also blow it dead, and the booth can review it. But there's other plays where it could be targeting. The ref doesn't call it. The booth doesn't want to review it. So guess what? It's just not targeting. Um, David Bell got knocked out of the game against Notre Dame yesterday. Yeah, got carted off the field. Yep, carted off. No, no targeting, no well, review. And he got knocked out. You again? Yeah. How can you not? You, I said it before. If you are going to kick out a guy in the second half of a game for targeting, that's not actually a targeting. Then the guy who got hit, you should be out on protocol for concussion. You should yeah. be out the rest of the game. If you want to fix the rule, start doing that. I guarantee you're going to have some votes go the other way to get rid of targeting. Or change the way targeting is called. Because if you're going to hit a guy in the head, yet you're kicked out because you hit him in the head, yet I got hit in the head, but I can still play. Cool. Well, and really, like you said, in that in that Auburn-Penn State game, that was in the second half that yeah. that guy. So now he's out for next. And he's in tears on the sideline. Hey, he's not going in to hurt the guy. He's going in to hit him to stop him from crossing the goal line. And he did. But then he gets flagged, and then they get a first down. Football, man. And it was like third, second or third down. So it was a big play. I was talking to somebody yesterday talking about that Cam Jurgens penalty where he just finished his block. And they're like, man, this is football. Yep. Like, if you you, you want to do a 50th anniversary of the game of the century, go back and talk to those guys and be like, what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, we got away with murder. Yeah. For nothing. Yeah. They, <laughs> they, got, they got away with murder 20 years ago. Yeah. 10 years ago. I understand player safety, and Joel Clout was saying the same I know. thing. He's like, I understand why, or uh, Herb Street was saying the same thing. He goes, I understand the rule, but there's a big problem with the rule when guys are not going in with intent and they're still getting kicked out of the game for something where they're leading with the shoulder and they make head-to-head contact. And that's it, there's a it's a big problem in college the, football. The, and we've talked about this in years past because what was it last year? Maybe Probably last year, <laughs> or the year before, we had like three or four guys get kicked last out. year for targeting and the the thing i hate about the rule is getting kicked out of this game and having to sit out the first half of the next game that has nothing to do with this game yeah you're, you're punishing you, the, you, yeah you, you happen it's a week apart why does this guy have to sit out a half of a game that has nothing to do that a with play that has game. nothing to do with that current game yeah 
And, that doesn't make sense. And and during that game, sorry, we're going way off subject sorry, here, sorry. but during during that game, there was at least three or four other plays where I saw the running back running the ball, and it's been called before, the running back gets hit and they call targeting, where these guys are diving head first. There was a couple plays in the Nebraska game where we had guys going head-to-head in contact and not a single flag. It's just extremely inconsistent, which makes it really hard as a defender to go make a hard hit because you feel like you're going to get tossed from the game. Well, and if you don't, then you're going to get bitched at when you come to the sidelines by <laughs> yeah. your coach. At which, least I would have when I played sports. Which, by the way, I will say Cam Jurgens, if they would have called that a personal foul, he was ejected from the game. But instead they called it unsportsmanlike. Because he already yeah. had one personal foul. I actually, when they called it, I thought he was ejected. I thought he was ejected. Yeah, I thought it was going to be personal foul, but they called it unsportsmanlike. Which again, unsportsmanlike, dude, you got you got driven down the field by our center twenty yards and then tossed to the dirt, and he's getting unsportsmanlike because he played like a lineman. He did the same thing later in the game where he was blocking, and he came he came down and he shoved it. The guy flew like six yards. One of the funniest things ever, like that dude just left his feet and went flying. It was fantastic. He didn't get a penalty on it, of course, but and it was right as the whistle was blown when he made the block. But man, Jurgens, mad respect for him. I think he had he had one snap that was a little high yesterday. We ended up getting a TD on it, I think. Yeah. Uh, but really, like he's been playing fantastic. No, he, he is. He's, he's the heart of that offensive line. Probably the best one there, and I know he's gotten criticized over and over for the last. Well, couple and, seasons. and we did talk last week. I want to see some nastiness from that offensive line. We yeah. we saw it yesterday, even though the, they were one of our weaknesses on offense. Um, we still were able to survive for the most part with them being as bad as they were because of Adrian. But yeah. they played with more nastiness. They played. So. They pancake. They finished plays. They played through the whistle, and that was exciting well, to see. Well, and I liked. Um, we maybe even got a penalty on on defense for <laughs> for it, but they they were playing with a chip on their shoulder, man. And they were like, and you know, like you said, maybe you know they were feeling that rivalry, even though yeah. they never really, you know, yeah. got to see it. But we were pretty chippy on defense, and and I liked it a lot. And, you know, Gus Johnson's like, oh, man, they're, they're playing dirty. They're playing nasty. And I called you, and I was talking to him. Like, That's two different things. There's playing dirty, and there's playing nasty. We're not playing dirty. We're playing nasty. Yeah. And it just kind of made me laugh, but I liked it a lot. Yeah, I mean, it, there, was, there was John before the game started. Oh, you started yeah. coming across the midfield. They, st- they got all the way up to the forty before nebraska started chirping back and then coaches had to get there was a line of coaches in between them as they were trying to and and so the you can tell nebraska is not happy these again people are like oh we still lost the game you can't no moral victories no there there are zero moral victories victories, but zero it's 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 like a culture shift but we did a lot of good things (laughs) it it was it this has to be the game that gets us over that hump Mm mm-hmm to play like the talent level we have on that team. This has well, to be that game. And it's funny too. The confidence level even, has to shoot through the roof. Even, you know, one of my wife's friends watching the game the last couple weeks with her, and she's like, Man, our team like seems like like they like hit more and like they're stronger. Hit hard. Like, they they seem like, you know, when we had gosh, what's she call him? When we had the the nice coach. Oh, the nice coach. Sprinkles right. an ice cream yeah. coach. It seemed like I thought I heard like that they didn't have to like weight train and stuff. It seems like these guys are definitely like the opposite of that. And I'm like, if somebody like that can say that, then yep, there's obviously improvements being made. Oh yeah, and I think again, you have blinders on. If you don't see it happening, you're not paying attention. 
They've been really good. They have been, again, it's a much improved. I think the culture's there. It's a much improved team. Um, Illinois, again, Illinois killed us. But if we played yesterday like against Illinois, if we yeah. played like that, we would have beaten well, them by four or five touchdowns. It's, it's really easy to say after the fact, but, you know, if we don't start the season with that Illinois game and we start that season with, yep. you know, Fordham, Buffalo, another team, anybody that's not a, a Big Ten or, you know, an Oklahoma, yep. then I think when we, whenever we would see Illinois during the season, we, we would have dominated them. Yeah. Dominated. There was so and much pressure going into that first game that this is such a big game. Frost has to win this game, yep, or yep. he's definitely on the way out. And we kind of played like it. Not only that, but it was it was Illinois Super Bowl. I've it, seen it multiple. Really it was, was it was Bielema and Illinois Bielema's Super Bowl first game. If that's the only win they have all year, which they might have. There's some people like, oh, we beat Nebraska. Well, that's great, but you won one game all year. And I said it, they're going to maybe win two or three games this year. That's maybe. True. That's maybe. True. And one of them is going to be against us. And that that sucks. It but does. hopefully we show that perseverance throughout the year to just be the best version of our team like we saw yesterday. Again, we didn't put up a lot of points, but we, we know why. We, we Offensive line, special teams. But and we know what we can do. Team. Because we saw a lot of what Adrian can do again with Manning and Betts. God, man, I tell you, when we played Penn State last year and Betts came on that jet sweep and he scored, awesome. I thought he was slow as hell. I'm like, he's not going to get away from that defender. He's slow. And then It I'm, was kind of deceivingly fast. He's tall. He's got long he's legs. Got some, yeah. So he, every stride he takes is probably like four of my strides. <laughs> probably. Right? Like, don't laugh at that. Um, but it's it's true. Like he is. Fa- he, I meant for me too. He just straight up beat that cornerback yesterday on that fly route. He just beat him. That's mm-hmm. all on a seam route. That's all he did was beat him. And that man, that kid can really, fly. It's really a bummer with just. And I know injuries are part of the game, but you know, with Urban going down, you know, Betts got dinged up last week. Allen got dinged up. We've had Allen back. We had Betts back. We had Volkolek back. Yep. Uh, Manning was back. Uh, if we could just. Have a game with everyone, like you know, even Fedoni, who is probably out for the season. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, um, more than likely. If we just had our full, our full roster of guys healthy and an offensive line playing well, we'd be really good. Yeah, <laughs> but obviously that's part of the game, so it is what it is. And Ross brings up our red zone offense. Man, we talked about this before the season started and after the first couple games. Like, our red zone offense has to be better. I think just the play calling, and and you watch other college football teams, and I think it's it's one of the easiest plays to run and execute, but I don't think enough enough teams do it in pro or college to where you're simply doing – a fake handoff to the right, and the quarterback's rolling around doing a bootleg and throwing to the tight end. As the tight end blocks, pulls off his block, mm-hmm. goes mm-hmm. to the end zone. I mean, you see teams do that all the time, but not enough because I would love to see it. Not necessarily even from the – you could do it from the 15-yard line and still get five, six, seven yards. But those bootleg plays are easy to run because they're – especially if you're a team that likes to run the ball. I mean, it, it confuses well, the, it confuses the defense. They're expecting something, you, and you throw them off of the bootleg. Or you got uh, a quarterback like Martinez too. If, if the play breaks down, or can, if there's nobody there, he can run. He so, can scramble and run. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I I think our red zone. I would love to see some improvement in the red zone offense. Hundred percent. He Tim, said he was going to chime in at some point. <laughs> First period <laughs> open. Mm-hmm. Those those are hard to open, bud. 
So by the way, we are drinking some more. Uh, yes. Some more Zipline, uh, dear old Nebraska brew. We had to get it They're today. Fantastic. It's just really good. I could drink this every show. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's not cheap. Really, RPO, but... the strong side, the best option. Man, you know what I was really hoping to see yesterday, Ross. And others watching. I was really hoping to see some option. We ran it once. We ran it to the short side. We ran to the short side for like one yard, maybe. Uh, and it had to be a keeper. But I was hoping to see maybe some wishbone. I was hoping to see yeah. some eye formate. I was I hoping saw to somebody, go back twenty or fifty years. I saw some wishbone. Nebraska's going to show up in the in the wishbone tomorrow and win uh, seven to five. By God, if you, <laughs> if you show if they showed up in the wishbone or ran more eye formation or option. Oh, you well, would have been there, like, what the I think, hell is this? I think it was Auburn lined up in the eye early in the game against Penn State, and they were like, man, look at this. They, <laughs> they were did. lined up in the eye. How often do you see that? And I'm like, why can't we line up in the eye? Yeah, it was them. It was them or Penn, one of the teams did it down on the goal line, and I'm like, that's fantastic. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was great. I know a lot of people on Twitter especially are like, bring the fullback position back, man. Yeah. And go under center and run the eye. Yep. Hate running the option of the short side, Ross. I, I hate running the option of the we, short side. We've done it so much over the years when we run the option of the short side. It drives me absolutely insane. The only times that works is when you're playing Xbox and you run the option. And even then, I never. I would, <laughs> and it really works. I, I would never run to the short side. I'd oh, always man. run to the far side, even if you got a pitch left. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, and Yant and we talked about this with character. You have or character. You have Yant and at fullback leading with Johnson or, or we Morrison. We talked about this. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you Yant's a big dude. What did I say he was like two forty five? And they kept showing him on the sidelines, and I'm like, he's huge. Is he gonna play? He's huge. What's nice about and let's go back to the running back position. Gabe Irvin played four games. If he's out for the rest of the year, he gets the red shirt, which is good. I didn't even think about that's that. really good for him. So and that's really good for him because he got his feet wet. And he was pretty good. Obviously, he got his first true freshman yep. starting running back, and he scored a couple touchdowns last week. Yep. So, and he was playing, is, and he was man that run yesterday. Good. That would have been a first down. But oh, he, yeah. but he popped that knee and just oh, yeah. fell. And, and just fell. Luckily, he didn't actually fumble it. He was down, but man, like that would have been a first. He his, may have fumbled his, that. his butt. His butt was down. He still had possession, okay. but um, but that would have been a first down. He was coming one on one. He would have drove him back at least half a yard. It was it was gonna be what we needed, but. Um, unfortunately, yes, I would love to see Ant in there. Okay, thanks, um, Ross. Um, blocking assignments on pass blocking. Yeah, and that's and that's fine. I, he's still a, he's still a freshman. Well, he was a walk on Turner scholarship player, or still walk on. I don't mm-hmm. know. Either way, that's good to know. Um, but we, st- I mean, we can still get the ball in his hands. You know, yeah, run, running the ball. Uh, if he's not a good blocker, maybe he needs some time to uh, to figure out that playbook and those blocking yeah. assignments, whatever. Uh, do your homework, bud. Ramir Johnson actually did really good on pass blocking yeah, yesterday. He was good. He and maybe that's really why he got the start. Again, and a couple of people commented on that too. People are mad that we didn't see Sevian more, that we saw Ramir Johnson all game, and we didn't see Step. Again, don't you know don't, the issue on you, Step. But you don't know everything. We, we, and you don't know if who the best pass blocker is or what their game plan is. It, if they're gonna be passing the ball more and they need somebody stepping up to and, and let's let's talk let's talk real quick about uh, Manning, Betts, Wyatt Lever, Levi Falk. So they had Levi Falk on the uh, the Unfiltered uh, podcast with uh, Martinez, uh, Athletes Unfiltered podcast, which is great, by the way, because they bring on their teammates. And they talked to Levi Falk, and he's like, man, Huskers, Husker fans don't like me on Twitter. 
Because they're like, why is why is Levi in the game when Manning or Betts is on the sideline? Like that's what they're saying. And, but again, so they they look at social media and they they talk to the players like, what do you think about this comment? And it's it's hilarious. And so that's interesting. So Levi's like, people don't like me in Husker Nation. Apparently, they don't want me on the field. They did he, catch yesterday. But here's here's he did. But here's a couple things about that. It's. We don't know everything. We're not at practice. We don't know what Betts and Manning are doing at practice. We don't know if they're missing practice, which was word in the, in the first couple games. They had missed a couple practices. They don't know the playbook. The flip side is run what they do know. Get them on, the, and maybe that's what we've been doing. Yeah. Betts, you can run a you can run a seam route or a fly route down the sideline. Absolutely, I'm gonna throw you the ball. Yeah. Betts or uh, Manning, you can run a cross route to the end zone across the middle of the field. We're gonna get you the ball. If and that's we what they know, and we're we going to do it. Levi Falk, Wyatt Lever, they are they, both good wide receivers. And they might have more knowledge of playbook, yep. blocking assignments <laughs> again, yeah. and, and whatever. It, yeah. That's it's funny, just, though. That's really but interesting. That, but that's what, that's what social media has kind of ruined the landscape of college football because these players see it. And we talked about it with Brandon Kinney before. They see what yeah, these guys are saying. He said – what he said he said it ruined it ruined his confidence twitter just kind of started toward the end of his yeah um, facebook started it facebook was there for a little while before twitter started and yeah man i mean those guys in the 90s and stuff they just i mean i know they'd watch espn and stuff and they just pimp out peyton manning so jason peter's like we're gonna effing kill him (laughs) and that because that's all they would show on (laughs) they'd win a game and they'd go back to the hotel and they'd be on the road and they'd just see them Showing highlights of Peyton Manning, yeah. and he's like, "We're playing him. We're gonna kill him." Yeah, yeah, and it's it's one of those and things that's it. where you're not reading comments on Twitter. Yeah, so it's it changes the game. But if you think Levi Falk and Wyatt Lever don't believe to be out on the field, I strongly disagree with you because clearly they're doing something right on the field in the practice in and the locker room to earn their starting position. They, and not to say that Manning and, well, and Betts maybe aren't better. They probably are, but. but there's that's, so much more that goes on with yeah, starting than just being a better athlete. That's not athlete. just it. You got to know what you're doing. You got to be able to block. I'm not saying that those guys can't. Yep. But there's a lot that goes into it. And I know Manning's had some mental health issues. Yep. And from what I've heard, uh, Betts is not necessarily the brightest kid. Um, I think he's it was, very athletic. I think it was Damon Benning who mentioned he does have a learning disability. I think not a shot at his actual mental capabilities, but like a literal learning disability. That's, yeah, yeah. But again, I'm, I'm not trying to start a rumor. That's just what I think. I saw. I saw. I thought it was Damon Benning post that, or Mikel Severe. One of those guys did. And it, again, he is. A, he's still a great athlete. So is so is Manning. So we need to get them. I think more involved. I will agree with that. But to say Lever and Falk don't deserve to be out there is just not true there's they wouldn't be playing if they didn't deserve it we played Cade Warner because he could block having both those guys earned scholarships and Cade Warner was a captain and then he left being a captain and being a starter is way more than about maybe being the best player you're still a good player and you can make plays you're probably also a leader on the team you can also are probably trying to teach help teach those guys yeah teach them the playbook like hey man you might be a little better than me but you're a little behind let me help you here you need to catch up a little bit so that could be happening again and you know that's that's really tough to say that that's going on at the college level because we don't know because we don't know but that'd be really you know and and it's essentially helping someone take your job but by by the way your team win gosh that's what i would do and by the way trev alberts uh scott frost 
Um, anybody else in the athletic organization want to invite us to a practice? We'll cl- gladly sit down and tell people what's going on. Yeah, we'll we'll come. Fine. We got, I'll take a day off of work, whatever. Um, but I, yes, again, yesterday was just one of those games where it, we exceeded the entire nation's expectations, including all of <laughs> Husker Nation. Majority of Husker Nation thought we were going to get destroyed. Yeah. Thought we were gonna. We had no chance of even coming close to winning that game. I, I just. I'm glad that we showed up. That we played a good game. You take away special teams, and we potentially win that game. Even, offensive line aside, offensive line didn't play great. You even with the offensive line, the special teams, as Joel Klatt and other people said, is the well, reason why we lost that game. And I know their their all American kicker missed a 54 yarder, but. Anyway, what um, what I thought was funny was a lot of things I saw before you know all week leading up to the game was Nebraska has to play a like a clean almost perfect game to have a chance. Yeah. And guess what? We did not play a clean perfect game. And we still had. A and we had a chance. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and uh, that Joni said here like we we played so much better than what she thought and Hassoff like, agreed. People and people aren't accepting that on. Again, it's 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 social media. It is what it is, but that's the worst part of Husker football is social media. But people aren't accepting that. And Adrian Martinez, after the game, he said, we're not up for moral victories. We're mad. Yeah. We should have won that game. We could have won that game. We didn't win that game. We're mad. He's mad. So to say the players don't care is one thing. If the fans are just happy that we showed improvement, it is, that's good. We should be happy because we showed improvement. No, we didn't win the game. The players are way more pissed off than Husker Nation is. Yeah. Way more pissed off. Well, Scott Frost is way more pissed off. What What's funny is, you know, I said after the game, I go, that was almost worse than us getting, like, the feeling I have is almost worse than if we got beat by 40 or, you know, 24, whatever the spread was, 22 and a half. And a lot of people would have been happy because that was and, their expectation. And it's like, you know, if we would have gotten beat the way that people expected us to, I would have just been like, yeah, well, that's what I was expecting. It almost hurt more because we were there and we had a chance yep. and probably, I'd say, could have, maybe not should have, yep. but could have won the game. And that stung more. Yeah. But that also shows that we've made improvements to the point where we didn't just lose and it was just okay. Yeah. 100%. It was, we 100%. lost, we were right there, and now I'm pissed. 100%. And, so, and as, as Nathan said here, that, you know, it's... As a Husker fan, it's it's pretty tough, but the local media really does drive that negative. They drive it. They really do. And I listen to they it. They really do. I, Tom Chattel, Sam McEwen, Sip, they, Husker Sip. Parker Gabriel, I actually like. I think I, like Sip, I think Sip runs like the the Husker extra. I think he writes most of the articles. I don't think Parker does. Parker does a whole lot. Parker works for. But Sipple, my God, he is. And I've talked crap crap, uh, crap about him before. He's such a 50-50 guy. He praises things going on, and then he'll throw in a little tidbit about like a stat that is so negative. And then, again, it, I, part it's, of, it's part of his job well, is to point out things that aren't going well, but our local media is, I think, just awful. I do like listening to Michael Severe and Damon Benning in the morning because great. they give it to you straight, and they don't 
they're not super negative. Damon yep. has really good points. He's yep. really good to listen and to. Former football player. I'm mean, I guessing we're talking about Parker and, uh, and yeah, Sean we, Callahan. We, we did an interview. Callahan does a good job. We did a we did an interview with Carriker. He's just he gives it to you straight, but he's also like, this is we're close. Like yeah. the, you know we're there. I think we're about to make a change. About to turn the things around. And then some of these guys are. It, it's like they they talk the negative. Because that gets the most reaction. Yeah. And so they, it's like their job to yeah. bring the negative out, and then that kind of yeah. stirs everybody. And it, that's, it stirs that, that the fans. That negative vibe Man. around, and it's it's hard. But. See, I love Joni. Joni, I don't know if you write for the World Herald, but maybe you need to. So she says, we just need to refocus this week at practice, go back out there next Saturday, do what we did against the Sooners. We can and we will win. We have to just not make mistakes that hurt us. Joni, you, I've seen you on the show a couple times here. I appreciate your positive attitude. We're positive people. I believe what you're saying, and I think that we can do a lot of really good things here the rest of the year. Michigan State's going to be a big challenge. But after what we I saw yesterday. We got to be careful here. After what I saw yesterday, we got a chance. Yeah. And let's go beat Mel Tucker. Man, he can beat us in Colorado. Let's go beat him. I don't want to lose to him again. <laughs> um yeah, so Sean Callen, I think he does a great job. Again, when he throws out any bad stuff, it's not like he's bashing the team. He's throwing out facts. He doesn't throw out right. negativity. He throws out facts, and that's what I like to see. Um, man, I, just, I could talk Husker football all day, guys. This is just – oh, man, yesterday was just such a – it was heartbreaking because was. we, we should have won the game. We could have won the game. If we well, would beat the number – so the last time we played that well against a top-five team in the country was Adrian's freshman year – freshman year – Against Ohio, Ohio State, State, we lost by, by five. Thirty-five to thirty on the road. We lost by five, and we we had to come back, but we still lost by five points. Mm-hmm. When was the last time we played that well against the top team in the country? Every other time we play Ohio State or top team in the country, we get out. smoked. Yep. We got smoked when we when we were Mike with Mike Riley. We got smoked when we were with uh, with Bo. We stood with the top five team again. You can argue. You can argue that OU is not a top five team, but they're. Ranking they will shows be they are. because they're going to be playing a Big 12 schedule. Yeah. And, you know, Iowa State's not nearly as good as people thought. Texas is obviously not nearly as good as people were expecting. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, West Virginia beat number 15 Virginia Tech yesterday. They could be a Big 12, uh, Big 12 team. Yeah, what the I hell? mean, who, who knows? I thought Vod Tech but, was um, going to be really good. And Clemson struggled with, with Georgia Tech. Oh, they, they had to make a goal line stop to win that game. Yep. I mean, Georgia Tech, and, and you know what Dabo said after the game? Georgia Tech lined up in a way we didn't know they were going to line up. Georgia Tech's been the same offense for how many years? Yeah. And they didn't expect that? Like, are you kidding me? Uh, Nathan said, important question. Or, sorry, Mel Mel Tucker's the kind of guy that steals ice cream from a baby. (laughs) Blame the baby for not having his favorite flavor. Oh, Ross, I I love you on the show. Um, Nathan says, important question. How does the team respond in your view? I think the team comes out real strong next week. That is an extremely important question because it's going to, I think, set the tone for the rest of the season. It is. And if we come out playing as well as we did on defense, better on offense, you know, we get up early, hang, you know, stay up, maybe run away with it, whatever. We win that game on the road against a Michigan State team that I'm sure is ranked at this point, or if they're not, they they will be. be. They're three. Yeah, three Um, and that could be a big step in the right direction for the rest of the season. And that's what I hope happens. And it was interesting because Joel Klatt said yesterday that Nebraska is going to win 
one big game towards the end of the year. We're going to beat Michigan. We're going to beat Ohio State. We're going to beat Iowa. Or we're going to beat Wisconsin. Yeah, we're gonna, I think we will. I think we might even win. I'm going to. Two of those I'm, games. We might win two of those games because if, but next week's going to really set that tone. How really do we respond? I think yesterday. We have to win the next two weeks against Michigan State Northwestern. Um, the team is mad because they should have won that game. Mm-hmm. Because of and that, we should have won by forty plus against Buffalo. Yeah, because of that anger. I think they're going to come out next week with that fire, the same fire we did. I think our defense is going to be stellar again. I think we're going to get some turnovers against Michigan State. I think our offensive line, man, if they don't get a kick in the keister, then we got problems with our offensive line coach. Well, yeah, that, and that, Greg, that may be the Greg case. Greg Austin he may be may the problem. be the first one on his I, way out. I don't know. But, but Wisconsin and Iowa are definitely, definitely beatable. Wisconsin is. Iowa's a sure. good team, no doubt. But we don't want to lose seven times in a row. Yeah, that's we don't. For sure. We don't. Um, so we got yeah, we got to no. start it next week. Next week has to be that I, has I, to be I, that I, uh, I, turn the key, start yeah. the engine. I feel not like start the engine, keep it revving to get that game Northwestern and Michigan get three in a row. Let's get I three feel, I feel in like in years past, a game like this on the road against a top team, and you get blown out. That kind of kind of sucks your soul out a little bit. Yeah, and then you 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 come back the next week and. You know, you, your heart's not necessarily all there. Yeah. A game like this, I think, just motivates you even more. And it's like, we can do this. We yeah. can. What? Michigan Absolutely. State? We're going to beat Michigan State after we hung with Oklahoma. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's my hope. Well, a lot of the talk around, around the Big Ten is defense. Defense, defense. defense. Yeah. You don't have to score a lot of points in the Big Ten. Ohio State's kind of that, uh, that outlier. Hybrid. That that tends up scoring more points, but they tend to mm-hmm. generally have a decent defense. Their defense is not very good; wasn't very good last year. It's not very good this year compared to their offense and, and compared get, to and, and some of their competition. We get them at home, so I'm curious awesome. to see what that happens. But our defense, our black shirt defense, black shirt defense is showing that they're a Big Ten defense, and that is what kept us in the game yesterday. It's kept us in. Every game that we played for a long time now, including last year, that's going to give us that opportunity. We need to get just that one or two turnovers a game, start mm-hmm. stripping the ball, get those interceptions. Braxton Clark, man, you that was a great play. Doman had a chance. Right Reimer hands. had a chance. Clark mm. was the, the biggest God, chance. We haven't talked about Reimer. Reimer played great, he too. Did. Just, and Doman. Doman balled out, too. And this he, defense. We know he's probably my favorite player on the team. But he had a whole bunch yeah. of tackles. He was in, he was all over. This the place. defense is going to win us games down the I, stretch with our offense still scoring enough points to win the game. I like what Ross said. I love we sent when we send our defense out there first. I want to kick the ball off <laughs> yeah. every game to every start game. the game. Every game because we've showed that we've been pretty good, and then getting that ball to start the second half, it's just. I mean, especially if you can get some points at the end of the yep. first half. That just can swing a game, in my opinion. Yep. You can, and I know we didn't get a stop. They went on a seven-minute touchdown drive, but but it took them seven minutes. We set the tone early, and then we made them earn it. Like I said, I want to kick the ball off every game. Make sure we get the ball to start the second half. Yep, I'm all in. Yep, I'm with you, man. Again, I could talk for another hour, guys. Same. But I think we got to get going. We appreciate your time today. Um, Check us out. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're positive. Follow on us. Twitter. We are. For some, the most part. Sometimes I make some jabs at people. I'm the one that runs the Twitter account, so sometimes I make jabs. But um, 
you know, we, we, we enjoy following uh, and listening to what Husker Nation has to say. So appreciate everything you guys brought today. Uh, 86 comments. Well, again, we lost, so we're probably going to have like 7,000 views today. But, um, but I, think most, people, I think people are positive. What's most important is you guys have fun on the show. We enjoyed it today. Uh, again, check out some Zipline Nebraska Brewery. It's really good. They're, uh, they're not sponsoring us, but hopefully soon. We're gonna, we'll are gonna we see what happens there. Let's, uh, um, let's kick Michigan State's butt next yep, week. Let's go and go out of Michigan State, come out strong. We'll see you next week for sure. Enjoy your day. I'm going to play that Johnny Rogers clip one more time to end the show. You guys enjoy your Sunday. Have a good week, and we will see you next week. Go Big Red. See you next week. Takes the ball at the 30. He's hit and got away. Back up field to the 35, to the 40. He's to the 45. He's to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, to the 20, to the 10. He's all the way home. Holy moly. Man, woman, and child did that. Put him in the aisles. Johnny the Jet Rogers.